Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that! On Talk Sport. Welcome to the Fight Night podcast on Talk Sport. I'm Gareth A. Davis. Well, here's another busy show for you. I was joined in the studio by Spencer Oliver. Yes, it's the omen. Well, first of all, I spoke to Dan Aziz and we spoke about the British light heavyweight's opportunities in an amazing, busy division. As I've been climbing the ranks, it's like I've been fighting for recognition, fighting to get my name mixed amongst the guys that everyone's always talking about in the British light heavyweight division. So once I won that, it's like, Everyone was just talking about it. Yes, you know, Dan Aziz, yeah, you know, this is new rising um, light heavyweight in the British division. And yeah, just everyone's always talking about it. Um, and I'm that's what I was fighting for. So, and that's what shows in my fight as well. There was a lot of passion involved. It wasn't, it's like, look, this is my time to shine. It's now or never. Like, so that's why the performance just was so different and like so emphatic. Well, as you, I mean, I think you're 32 now. You turned pro at yep. 27, didn't you? Obviously, you went to university. Yep. We'll talk about that in a minute. But 15-0, um, that fight took you to. Uh, with 10 yep. kilos, you got the British belt. It's what you wanted. Um, you must also feel, though, and then we bumped into you at Talk Sport Broadcasting Live from the Copper Box when Anthony Yard and Lyndon Arthur had their rematch. See two light heavies there. Joshua Black, yep. he was nearby with you in the crowd. We had a chat with you. Yeah. You must feel quite blessed that there's those four light heavyweights, or oh, those three at least, and then Craig Richards and Callum Smith's around as well. Um, Callum Johnson. Callum Johnson. Apart yep. from the world scene and the overseas boxers, there's an extraordinary number of guys, because we're really seeing it more now, that all British fights are generating yep. big gates, big money for the boxers, and massive yep. interest locally. And it, and, it, and it is making a difference, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Um, everyone loves a grudge, grudge match. Everyone loves a good old domestic. Look at what Amir Khan and um, Kel Brook done years after they were supposed to fight in their prime, but it's still such a big, you know, occasion. Um, everyone, because it's everyone knows who the fighters are. So there's more interest drawn into it. Like, you know, um, no one's really too interested in fighting like someone overseas. Yeah, might have a good record or whatnot, but they don't know the backstory. It's about having like mixing it up with, you know, the guys, your peers over here. And I think that's what 
Sky Sports took to me so much because I was like, look, listen, I ain't one to win the British title and then say, yep, all right, I'm jumping up to go world level now and buy the domestic scene. No, if there's anyone, you know, that wants to lock horns, let's let's do it. I'm more than happy to, you know, be part of a generation where we've got good light heavyweights and, you know, and we're mixing it up. Craig and Buatzi, apparently they might fight soon. You know, that's another great domestic. Like you said, we had Lyndon, Lyndon in Yard, me and Hosea. There's still Callum Johnson, Callum Smith. If we could just keep, you know, around Robin, just all keep fighting each other, we're going to make for a very, very good era that once when we've packed it in, they're still going to be talking about it. We still talk about um, Ben and Eubank. Do you know what I mean? Why, you know, Ben Eubank and um, Watson. Yeah. Why we've got about six guys now, six in the division that you know are, are just as talented as one another. Most of us won the British title, so I don't see why we can't um, just you know give the fans you know what they want to see. Really, um, you win some. Like I said in my interview, post the fight, you win some, you lose some. As long as you're entertaining, you give you give it your all. The fans are going to want to see you again. So it's not about trying to protect to know or you know that fa the famous saying records are for DJs do you know what I mean all my best fighters that I look up to they've got they've got losses so who am I to want to go in there and say no I don't want to fight this guy because I might lose and whatnot that's the whole purpose of this you know the fight game there's going to be a winner there's going to be a loser bar sometimes when there's a draw but it's the name of the game man we're warriors man you're out on March 26, defending your title. Let me ask you about your opponent. And you've also, by the way, signed a long-term deal with Boxer to be on Sky Sports. That must have been a, um, a major moment as well, where you get that, you know you've got the platform on Sky Sports. That must yeah. be an enormous amount to you as well. Uh, it, it means so much to me, because again, I just feel like I've, I've really worked my way up and earned my stripes to be on the a big platform and showcase my skills in front of millions. You know, there's nothing wrong. Although it is hard work fighting on the small hall shows and stuff, but from the start of when I, you know, turned professional, my trainer always said to me, look, listen, work your way out. You've got to earn your right to be underneath those lights. You know, a lot of people, they'll turn over, you know, they want their first fight to be live on BT or live on Sky, live on this, but they ain't really worked their way to be able to, be under these lights and it's not a bad thing but you know at the end of the day remember you're going out in front of millions and you could be the reason why someone says you know what f boxing i'm not interested anymore you want to go out there and really show put boxing on a pedal stool and show look you guys you need to tune in boxing isn't a mainstream sport so really and truly on these big platforms we want the best of the best we want the entertaining guys do you know what i mean so once once I signed the deal, I was I was so, I was so happy, so pleased, and filled. Like I said, I felt like I've earned my way to be under those those lights. And your opponent's been named this week's Matthew Tinker. Matthew, Matthew Tinker, Tinker yeah. um, undefeated fighter based out of the USA, but it's British, yeah. of course. Um, yeah, you've been telling me you've been southpaw sparring, so I'm assuming he's a southpaw. Yeah, he is a southpaw, um, but I only just um, confirmed. It was only confirmed this week, so. Um, yeah, we've just had to switch it up a bit. Um, but yeah, um, Tinker's an old um, amateur foe. I boxed him in the amateurs. Um, really? He beat me. So, yeah, he beat, he beat me as well. He's a very good amateur. He's a very good pro too. Um, so again, he's undefeated. I'm undefeated. And I'm sure he's really happy to get a shot at the British 
um, title. And I'm assuming he, he believes he's got my number. So it should be a very interesting fight. He's a good boxer, southpaw, um, good combination puncher. And yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Can you remember the amateur um, bouts with him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember it. You know, at at that point when I fought him, he was a bit more accomplished. You know, he's been around. He's got quite a strong pedigree. And um, was yeah, that he just clubs? was that club versus club. Was it the? Yeah, yeah. yeah was it? We boxed on a talk, um on a show. It was the London Mayors cup or london oh, yeah. show or something like that. Show, yeah, yeah. yeah so they they do that once a year and he was representing london and i was representing the eastern counties or something like that because mm. i was boxing out of essex so yeah we we fought and three rounds of, of a good old good terror so now we got 12 rounds this time and um it'll be interesting to see how it goes but um i'm like i said i'm i'm looking to get one over him and i'm sure he's um looking to make it two nil well, after we spoke to Dan and discussed his future in the light heavyweight division, Frank Warren joined us to tell us all about making the Zach Parker, Demetrius Andrade fight and all the other news from his Queensbury promotion stable. Frank, you don't get paid for overtime in boxing and David Avenesian certainly did his job tonight. He did, uh, he did. I mean, he, he absolutely, you know, the, the guy, uh, Mez, did come out, he shaped up, right, come to fight, but he got caught with a body, a body shot and he just took the fight out of him and that was it. And he obviously, when he gets somebody in trouble, David, he's, he does a job on them. So it's his debut for Queensbury and uh, it's onwards and upwards. We've now got a lobby with a WBC to push him to try and get a shot at the title. He's ranked number two. He's supposed to fight Ortiz. That hasn't happened. Um, we've, we've tried to even make his mandatory for the, dub, for the uh, European. Uh, two offers we made, they didn't want to know. And the only opponent that they would accept for us, the uh, W, uh, sorry, the EB, EBU, was uh, Mets. And he, he obviously destroyed him. It's a, he's an extraordinary character, Avanesian, isn't he? He's been in Newark for seven years. Um, yeah. He's Armenian. Um, his, his parents escaped from war-torn Russia at the time for the Armenians. They had, they were, they were, they were refugees. He's been here seven years. Uh, he's yep. under the great leadership uh, of trainer Carl Greaves. But I tell you what, even in those shark-infested waters, and Spencer and I were talking about it, Frank, earlier on. Errol Spence, Terence Crawford, Virgil Ortiz, Keith Thurman, Danny Garcia, Jaron Ennis, Connor Ben. He's a match for all of them, isn't he? He is. I mean, you know, and you look, and he's not—he's not a baby. He's been there. He's done it, and you know, he, he'll fight anybody. I mean, that's the, one of that's one of the good things about signing him. It's not like we've got to bring him through. We've got to, you know, guide—you know—guide his career. I mean, he, he can fight anyone, and we've made the con. We offered Conor Ben the fight, and they—they they obviously didn't want to know. But he's there to fight one of them, and he will get. I'll make sure one of those fights happens for him this year. Frank, got to ask you as well. Um, uh, De Dennis McCann, Hamza Shiraz, all in action tonight. Your 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 young stars doing their thing. Yeah, I thought Hamza really did well. You know, he's moved up a weight. He was struggling his last couple of fights to make the light middleweight limits, and he's now moved up to middleweight. And Jez Smith is, you know, he's a tough guy, and he he comes to fight, but he made absolute short work of him in a real classy and convincing performance. And in my opinion. I, I believe he's. I believe he has the potential to go all the way, 
He's, he, 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 he's such a relaxed. He's relaxed and comfortable in what he's what he does, and uh, for a big. T- I think we might have lost Frank there for a minute, so I'll get our producer, Ed, to get Frank back up. But Hamza Shiraz, you know, back in action. Mm. He's very, very... He, he's a, an unusual boxer. He doesn't have a great deal of... He's got to develop his skills, hasn't he? But he's got great power. He certainly has. You know, he's tall, he's long, he's rangy, and he can whack. He can really whack. You know, with someone with his body with his body frame, you'd expect him to be a rangy boxer on the outside, but he likes to tuck up tight. He comes forward, loves to work on the inside, which is really unusual for a tall fighter, actually. Keeps his hands tight, works the body well, whips in the uppercuts. Yeah, he's, he's going to be a real difficult one to beat, sure, as he really is. Yeah, he's waxing lyrical. We've got uh, we sp- uh, Spencer's waxing lyrical on Hamza Shiraz, Frank. We've got you back up. Um, obviously, yeah. like you say, he did a job tonight. And, and, and Dennis McCann, um, tell us, for those who haven't heard about Dennis McCann before, Frank, tell us about how well he's coming through. He's doing well for himself. He, you know, he had a tough opponent tonight, and the opponent comes to fight. But, you know, it was a good fight for him. He's now 12-0. and 0, Yeah. And he's still got a lot of things to work on. You know, he, 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 there are times when he wants to stand and trade, and he doesn't need to. He can use his brain. But, you know, I like him, and I like, and I like the direction he's going in. And I think, you know, in a couple of fights' time, we can get him into, some, uh, into a significant title fight. Yeah, Frank, May the 21st, want to talk about this one, Zach Parker. He gets his opportunity against Dimitri Andrade. I mean, tell us about that, mate. You fancy his chances in that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I do. And I, and I wanted to make sure to, to, to help a little bit more by winning the purse bid. So we, won the, we won the purse bid and we, we've, you know, we're bringing Andrade over to the UK. Andrade's an unbeaten world champion at, um, excuse me, at middleweight. He's moved up now to super middle, his first fight at super middle. Zach uh, comes from Derby. We're doing the fight at Pride Park. Um, I believe that'll give him, a, a, you know, it'd be good for him fighting in front of his fans. He's a big, he's a big super middleweight, Zach Parker. He's huge, and, Frank. He's he's yeah. huge. And I'm hoping that'll stand him in good stead. And I'm hoping that give him a bit more of a, an advantage in what will be a very, very tough, and I think a really good fight for the fans. But it's certainly be a tough fight. It's brilliant that you're making history at Pride Park as well at Derby. Mm. I mean, Zach Parker, by the way, is on fight night in half an hour's time. I caught up with him earlier today. He'd, he'd done his rounds at the game, Frank, and he was down to work with you on BT Sport tonight. He's so underrated, and you've been championing him for so long now. Spencer and I really fancy this fight. Mm. Andrade's a slippery guy, a difficult opponent, but we really fancy him in this fight. And I also think, Frank, that home advantage is crucially you've done a brilliant job by getting him home advantage because that could be the difference between winning and losing for me in this contest well I, you know I agree with that Spence I mean you know you, you want every advantage you can for your guy and we you know, obviously we pulled all the stops out to make it happen and also uh, what Zach's done as well which I think is brilliant he talked me into it was to at 10 quid from every ticket sale gets donated to brilliant. Derby County. Yeah, brilliant so, move. Yeah, brilliant good, move. For Derby, good for the Derby County uh, Football Club, good for their fans, so they can come and see a great fight, a world-class fight, and help their club at the same time. One of the themes of tonight has been about kind of authenticity of fighters and also how 
the kind of tribalism of following someone who you believe in. We had Johnny Fisher in the studio earlier on. I know you don't promote him, but he's a very kind of active figure in his community and it's all about communities and like taking the fight to Derby as we saw with Lee Wood and uh, and Michael Conlon last weekend where the Irish and the Nottingham fans got together it's so brilliant you've always done it Frank you've gone on the road and it's great to take it to Derby mm. well we did I mean we did it with Josh Warrington we took him to yeah. Leeds Leeds uh, football ground Leeds United ground for him to win his title Carl Frampton we went to to, uh, to Belfast for the in, in the stadium there. Well, and, it's so a bit of a, and it's a bit of a dream for the fighters, sure. you know, to be fighting in those places. You get a bit more out of the guys. So I'm hoping that's going to be the same with Zach. We've done it many times over the years. But it's about, look, you know, promoting is about building a fan base. Mm. We did that very well with Ricky Hatton What's, back, back then. What and sort it, of um, crowd are you expecting there, Frank? I, look, what sort of numbers? If we promote it properly, then we, it should be sold out. Mm. Mm. I don't dispute that at all. Yeah, but we've got to work hard. It's not. I mean, they're not going to just. You know, we've got. It's our job to, you know, to get out there and bang the drum and make it happen. And I, but I do believe, I believe that people in Derby, the Midlands, and it'll be a good show in the Midlands. We've got some really good ticket sellers up there. We've been working on over the last two or three years. I think uh, they'll get behind the event, and I think they'll make it a great success. And uh, if our man comes through, and I think he's got a great chance of doing that, he will become a superstar. Uh, uh, where are we, talking of superstars and big events, where are we with Wembley Stadium and getting 100,000 uh, tickets and 100,000 fans into the venue, Frank? We're told on Monday we will definitely have the news of where we're at. You know, look, I, I, I've had you know people come at least for tickets. I mean, it's, it's sold, it was sold out immediately, as we all know. And we, we're struggling. For, we're struggling to, you know, people who we know get tickets for them. We've, we've actually had to bulk some tickets back from mm. hospitality companies. Um, but it's, it's it's flying, and uh, I just hope that we get these other tickets. If we get them, that'd be great for you know to get the additional fans in. As it stands now, we've broken the record for the highest grossing gate for any event that's ever taken place at Wembley's one day event at Wembley Stadium. It just shows the, the, the reach now that um, the number one heavyweight in the world, Tyson Fury, really does have. Let me ask you, what's your view on... There's a lot of views being put out at the moment on Anthony Joshua, um, whether he should take an interim fight. You've, you've mentioned that Joe Joyce is available if Joshua will take that fight. Well, if he wants that, he's there. Joe would love it. And, I, and me, as his promoter and, and guiding his career at the moment, I'd love it. Because I believe that he, I, I really do fancy him against him, and if you're ever going to fight uh, AJ, now's the time to do it. He's coming off of that loss, you know. He was he was quite badly exposed in that fight, and I and I believe that Joe is tough. He's got a great chin, really good chin, um, and he's he's relentless. And I and I feel that if he got to AJ, if he clipped him, he would go. I mean, it sort of makes sense, Frank, doesn't it? With Alexander Usyk in the current situation that he's in, and he's tied up. I mean. The obvious choice, really, for me, as a boxing fan, would be Joe Joyce. You know, he's the kid that's coming through. He's the one that's really well-ranked. They've got history together. The two British guys, I mean, it all, you tick all the boxes, don't you? I absolutely agree with you, Spence. And, you know, and it's not the end of the world for whoever gets beat. You know, it's a good fight. It's a good, good, really good domestic heavyweight fight. And at the end of the day, what is at stake there 
is the number one with a WBO. So, you know, it gives it, it, it you know, that, that, that's where it puts him. And who knows what's going to happen with Usyk. I hope when this dreadful situation in Ukraine, I hope it ends and, and, he's, and he does fight sometime this year. Oh, please God, he does. But um, you don't know what's going to happen. And you don't know whether those belts are going to fragment or not over the period of time. But if they do, whoever was to win that fight, if AJ was to take on Joe, that they've got the number one mandatory spot. Well, our thanks to Frank Warren for joining us there. Well, up next, I caught up with Zach Parker, fresh from Pride Park, where he had been meeting the Derby fans ahead of fighting Demetrius Andrade there in May. Here's what Zach had to tell us. I must be delighted that the fight with Demetrius Andrade has been announced. Yeah, I wasn't. Uh, obviously, to get a big fight like this, but not only that, my home like football ground as well, Pride Park, and I'm absolutely over the moon, and uh, I can't wait to show everyone what I'm about on the world stage. There's nothing like that to take you into camp now, is there? That's it. I just can't wait. I can't wait to be showing everyone what I've been about all these years and uh, showcase what what my skills are. Was there a, a bit of imagining today about what it's going to be like walking out there with people on the pitch as well and the seats set up on the pitch and in the stands? Did you take a moment to visualise how it's going to be on the night? Yeah, yeah, I was, I was literally saying that. I took my missus there for the first Derby game, but yeah, I was, I said, uh, won't be long until that that uh, rings in the middle, and I'll be fighting there. And it's like, give me, give me a few goosebumps and that. And uh, yeah, like I say, I'm just excited to be show, obviously showcasing what I'm about, but showcasing what Derby's about. Then uh, we, we we don't we, we don't get many uh, big nights of boxing in Derby, and uh, this is probably the first one at Pride Park. So obviously, can't thank Frank enough and all, all my team, Neil. Um, we're all we've all added into this, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, can't, I just can't wait. Uh, absolutely, it's brilliant. I mean, your smile is um, literally pinned from one ear to the other at the moment. Um, it, it, and also to make history, to, it, it's brilliant, isn't it? It, it drives one, it, it, it motivates one when you know you're making history in that way. Yeah, definitely. Um, the first one to do it, and hopefully not last. We want to get all like the young, younger people in Derby get into sport, and yeah, this is the platform to do it on and showcase what obviously what Derby about. And then um, we're just we're just all looking forward to it. My whole team, and uh, whole, and I've I used to see the reception I'm getting online on Instagram, Twitter. Um, all the Derby fans are right behind me. Talk to me a little bit about the opponent. This is um probably I would say you know, a, a step up in class in terms of, you know what you're capable of, but on paper, it's a step up in class. He's a, you're both undefeated. He's a, he's, he's a, he's a, he's a wily old customer, but you're an enormous super middleweight, massive power. Um, and he can be tricky and awkward, can't he? He's got yeah. power early, but he seems to go into his shell afterwards in most fights. Um no. It's a weird style he's got, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. He's got a he's got a really slick style. Southport is going to be tricky on a night. Um, two weight world champion, um, but that that don't mean nothing when it when it comes in with where I'm going and into the fight. Uh, obviously, it's a man against a man, and uh, obviously, he's a very experienced. I think he's like 34 now, so I've got a bit of a uh, I got I've got the young seven years up. on him. Yeah, that's it. He's, he's an old man compared to me. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, we'll see on the night. Um, I just think my power and how big I am, and how awkward I can be as well. Yeah, my style is really awkward as well. So, um, tricky switch hitter, 
and uh, yeah, I, I, was, I just can't wait for it. And um, yeah, I show what I showcase the whole world what I'm about, and this is where Zach gets his name. Twenty first of May, isn't it? Pride Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. Save so, the date. So, how does it work from today? Obviously, you're working uh, the show on BT Sport tonight. Um, yeah. David Avenisian headlining. You're you're doing some TV work. Is that new as well? Yeah, I'm, I've done. I've done. Been on BT before. I went on when uh, there was a show in Birmingham and. I think Fiora is on in the middle of the night as well. So, yeah, I've done a bit of um, punditry before, but, yeah, I, I, I like that sort of side. I'm getting used to it more and more as we, as I go on. Um, at first, I was a bit all weary and uh, I was a bit shy in that, but, yeah, I'm starting to come out come out in my uh, true colours and show, show like, my my own my own views on everything. So, yeah, it's I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Everything's come at me fast this last two years. Obviously, when I've signed with Frank, um, they've put me out of... Um, lot, a lot more than what I've ever been and uh, obviously I can't thank them enough and yeah um, anyway it's up for me isn't it well and also you were so active last year I think it was three fights in 2021 wasn't it so when a lot of people were talking about lockdown and Covid so you're very active at the moment I'm sure that really helps as well yeah definitely um, I think uh, one of my trainers said the, me getting regular fights it's just going to make me better and better and you've seen every, in every fight I've got better, better. What is it like? Three stoppages back to back, and uh, there, there was against tricky customers as well, um, like against no mugs. And uh, yeah, I'm, every fight I'm just getting better, and uh, the better opponent, the better I am on the night. Big, big long camp now, or is it a little break before you go into camp? Yeah, I, I try and train all year round, uh, but yeah, I'll be picking up the paces more and more as the, as the fight go on. But yeah, we're, at the minute just trying to get weight off and. Uh, yeah, we're just going to keep picking up uh, week by week and uh, we'll see where we are then. And when you started, you've come up, you know, you, you, people have been talking about you for a while now, but you probably haven't had the recognition you deserve. Fra- as yeah. you say, Frank has really trumpeted you. He really believes in you. Every time we speak to Frank, uh, Frank mentions you. Um, yeah. There's four or five people in the stable and he always mentions you. Anthony Yard, yeah. yourself. He's got his youngsters coming up. Um, how much does it mean to you to have someone like Frank Warren backing you and behind you? And as you say, really developing you, creating these opportunities, Zach? That's it, yeah. Um, obviously, that's what promoters meant to do, back, back their boy, aren't they? And uh, obviously, you can't say the same about Andres, can you? Because he ain't got the, ain't got the show on his, on his, uh, um, on Scott, well, on Dazone. So, yeah, obviously, I can't thank uh, Frank enough. And yeah, it's amazing to hear like such a, like a wise in the boxing scene. Uh, he's like one of the old boys now, isn't he? So yeah, it's it's good to hear him uh, really backing me. And uh, yeah, I, I obviously when, when I get this win, I'll, that's my little thank you to him as well. He's modest. He'll be meticulous. Neil Marsh is his manager. These guys are the unspoken, underrated, unsung fighters of British boxing. Frank Warren, really waxing lyrical on this guy earlier. Six foot five, super middleweight. He gets a victory over Andrade. 
and the world's his oyster, Spencer. 100%. You know, they've gone under the radar because, like you said, he's very, very modest. He, he really is. You know, he's one of those guys. He's quiet. He lets his fists do the talking in the ring. He's meticulous, by the way, in the way that he boxes. He doesn't waste anything. He switches from orthodox to southpaw. He waits for his opportunity. Boxing IQ's great. Long and he's strong. long. Yeah. He throws a straight yeah. right hand through the middle. He's got the tools in the locker to pull this one off. He really has. And re- weirdly... Andrade's coming to Derby. He doesn't know what's going to hit him yet. I love the fact that Zach is promoting it through Derby County. He took his wife for the first time with him, or his girlfriend with him to the first time for the first time at the ground today. He spoke about visualizing being there on the night. It's yeah. going to be very special. First yeah. big fight at Pride Park. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, them stadium fights, Gareth. We've been at many stadium fights now. You know, Andy Joshua brought boxing back to football stadiums. Josh Warrington at Josh Leeds. Josh Warrington at Leeds. You know, yeah. and you're going to have a similar. There's a good shout, Josh Warrington, actually, because you'll have a similar sort of atmosphere. Fervent partisan crowds. Yeah, absolutely. It's, and, and, you know, that helps massively. Look, I've been in these fights before when fights are tough and the crowd plays a part in it. You know, when fights are getting tough and you've got to bite down on your gun shield, you get into those penultimate rounds, you know, and you start to feel sorry for yourself. You start questioning yourself. That's when the crowd plays a part. And that may well help Zach Parker get this fight over the line. Obviously, he mentioned uh, how this is going to be a difficult fight. It's its first test at this level, so we're going to find out about his level. But how does he beat a tricky Andrade, in your view? Because a guy who comes strong at the beginning, he's locked a, knocked a lot of opponents down early in his fights, but then he settles into his shell, and he's almost defensive, almost like he doesn't want to be there in the office in a weird he, way. He's got to use all his attributes, which is his height, his reach, his long punching, taking his time, just not doing anything silly, as we've seen with Andrade. He's a good boxer himself, he likes to put the pressure on. He likes to whip the shots in. He likes to go and finish fights early. But Parker's got the tools to keep it long. You know, work behind the jab, drilling those right hands through the middle, switching those attacks to the body. With the crowd behind him, home advantage, it's all there for him. You know, what we must remember as well, Gareth, about fighters when they're going into these sort of fights, these big fights, every fighter is always an underdog going in, right? So Zach Parker's going to start a big underdog. I was a massive underdog when I boxed for the European title. You know, everybody that boxes for titles is the underdog. This is, so we don't know how good Zach Parker is. This is the, this is the, this is the thing. We think we know. What we've seen, he's done nothing wrong so far. Unbeaten in 22, 16 KOs. Clearly has dynamite in either hand. But can he do it at the uh, at a high level? That's what we're going to find out. That's what you don't know. That's what I don't know. Nobody knows this. Until he steps up to the plate, we'll find out just how good he is. But on the face of it, on the surface of it at the moment, from what I've seen, he's got the tools to pull it off. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bet get 30, bet get 20, 20, 20, bet get 20, 20, bet get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Great stuff there from Zach, and we cannot wait for this massive opportunity that he has for the WBO interim super middleweight title against the former two-weight champion Demetrius Andrade. Well, up next, we caught up with a very young emerging welterweight in Alfie Winter, who trains and spars with the likes of Conor Ben, and he is trained by Kevin Mitchell. Here's what he had to tell us. You got some points win over veteran Kev McCauley and Rustin Fatkulin, one of those hardest, hardest names to say in boxing earlier this month. Um, four stitches in it from a headbutt. Um, you, you, you're into the fray early in your career. Yeah, no, definitely two, um, two very good opponents to have early on. Kevin is an absolute veteran, Kevin McCauley. He's had 250 fights now. I think I was his 249th. And it was your first. Is, and that was your debut. That, 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 was, that was my first, yeah, my debut. Um, and and he's, he's funny in there. He's not just, um, he's, he's not just a punch bag. He'll come in and he'll have a go back and he'll, he'll try and show you things in there as, as well. as well. But um, he's, he's a quality opponent, definitely. You had an amateur career as well. You won the Harringay Cup for the under-20s. Um, got to the National Novices final. Southern Counties champion. Um, you also represented Southern Counties against Ireland in the Army. And you were a London ABA super lightweight finalist. Sent to me uh, <clears throat> by your manager, um, Mr. Richard Maynard, who I've known for years and years in boxing. He used to be Frank Warren's PR guy. He works with Boxer as a PR guy. He's now the chairman of the Boxing Writers as well. Um, Rich told me that there isn't really boxing in the family. It's not like you have come from a big boxing family. Why boxing? No, um, no, there's no, there's no boxing in the family. Um, I am the first to do it, but I started not knowing sort of the journey I was about to take on, if you know what I mean. Like it, it wasn't ever the, I didn't join the gym thinking boxing is what I, what I want to do. I want to take it all the way to the top. But uh, gradually I did start to feel like that. As soon, as soon as I started picking different things up and learning, sparring with different boys in the gym like that's that, that's what hooked me and uh and and then since since quite early on I say not from like the very beginning but quite early on I did know that boxing is what I'm meant to be doing this is where I was this is where I need to be so it hooked me hooked me in a, and I ain't looked back since how, how did you know it was boxing at the beginning how did that begin for you then how did that actual journey start were you inspired so started, by another boxer or so my, my my dad's always been into boxing, but it started off with me and him doing the doing the football, and uh, he used to manage Mosey Juniors. He used to manage my um, my team, and I, I played football for eight years. 
and then sort of realised oh, I wasn't really going anywhere with football. So I started the boxing just to keep the fitness going, and and I, I got thrown in, thrown in there at the deep end. I went on the wrong day. I went on the uh, the seniors boxing day rather than the beginners day, and um, I think I was I was spied I spied some kid who absolutely battered me, and I, I was very green. So I, I I was at my depth there. But since sort of since then, you you get hooked and. Um, you found something in you, even though you're out of your depth. You, it, 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 it awakened something in you, yeah? You definitely feel alive the first time you spar, definitely. You've already got um, really big support in, uh, in, in um, West Mosley in Surrey, where you're from. Do, are you, have all your friends and your family and everyone you've always known now kind of what, really wanting to follow you in your career? Yeah, it's interesting that like, I'm getting more and more people from the local area behind me. Like, you probably don't know where Mosey is, do you, Gareth? No. <laughs> no, not many people do. But I'm I'm looking to put I'm looking to put West Mosey on the map. So that's the plan. And yeah, I'm getting people who I haven't seen in years, and all of a sudden they're like, Alfie, I want to come watch you. I'm, I'm I'm sort of overwhelmed by all the support. It's been it's been unbelievable. It's almost like reality suspended for everyone because they can follow something that's quite surreal and unbelievable when someone's fighting. Yeah, no, I've, I think I think there's a bit of, uh, there's a fighter inside everyone, to be honest. I think it goes back years and it's, it's sort of instinctive, like there's something in there. Mm. And not not a lot of people are able to do it, and whether that's just because it just doesn't work with their life or they don't have the time or anything, or that, to, or they might not have the bottle to get in there in the first place, but they can experience it and they can live it through through who they're watching. I get a lot more nervous watching someone I know in the ring compared to when I get in there myself. It's it's a strange thing. A bit like Johnny Fisher's father, your father Mark, he's a well-known cabbie in London, and uh, Richard Maynard, your your manager, tells me that drives you to all the the weigh-ins. He drives you to all your fights. And presumably yeah. he's your biggest supporter. He is. He is my biggest supporter. Um, I, I couldn't have done anything I've done in boxing without my dad. He's uh, He's been instrumental throughout the whole thing. Before I drove myself, he, he used to drive me three times a week to uh, to train in and he used to just drive me everywhere. So I've been lucky. I, I've had a bit of a, a personal driver. <laughs> it's been all right. And um, yeah, he's behind me 100%. The weird thing, I, I there was this quote from an article you did saying that um, you know, like West Mosley's got 20,000 uh, residents and you said you, you grew up in a quiet neighbourhood and it's full of old people. Yeah, it is, um, it's a quiet place, to be honest. It's, uh, yeah, if, you, if, you're, uh, if, you're, if you're about in the daytime and stuff, you do just see nothing but, <laughs> nothing but elderly. But um, it's, uh, you'd rather that than a, a, an area full of crime. I mean, it has its fair share, but it's, it's nothing like the Bronx or anything. <laughs> um, and the, the other thing which I think is fascinating, and it's a massive message within boxing, is that you are very open about the fact that when you lacked confidence when you were a young kid, but boxing's really instilled that in you. It definitely. Um, I, I don't know what it is. It's, it's, it's maybe that you learn a lot about yourself when, when you try boxing. It, it asks a lot of questions of you. That, that probably wouldn't get asked otherwise. And there's, and there's a lot of people out there who, who are in their adult life and still wouldn't have had them questions asked of them. So it's, I'm grateful to experience them things early on and boxing's let me do it. Like I've grown massively as a person through boxing and just through the characters you meet 
boxing is full of good people. It's it's not like other sports. Obviously, I was in football and and experienced a few uh, a few people through there. But like that, boxing just to me is just full of good characters and they're all genuinely warm-hearted. Yeah, I, I I do feel that in the amateurs anyway. I mean, it gets a bit more twisted as you turn pro and there's money involved. But um, so far so good with that. Well, Alfie Winter there and we are going to follow his career with progress. You know, one day when, when Kev was still living, Kev's trainer, Kevin Mitchell was still living in Dagenham with his brother Vinny, mm. who has sadly passed away, of course. Um, I went round to their house. They had a little baby there, one of Kev's kind of like it must have been almost 20 years ago. And Kev, okay, he had a big snake slithering around the house, right? <laughs> you, you'll you remember these kind of things. He had a snake in a two-bedroom flat. And he told me that when he earned his millions as a world champion, he'd be having a shark tank mm -hmm. in his house. That's Kev Mitchell for you, isn't Absolutely. it? You've got some stories. Listen, I've, got some, I've, I've known Kevin since he was a young kid coming through. Do you know he had, I think it was his first 22 fights as an amateur, he won by stoppage. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he turned he was pro at 18. He was a man at 16. He, yeah, he, he was tapping on Frank Warren mm. at the Boxing Writers' Dinner from about the age of 11, 12, saying, sign me, will yeah. you? Sign me. Yeah. I know, and yeah, so like he had those amazing fights we remember against Jorge Linares when he got that swollen eye and he put everything. Kevin was one amazing of those fighters. Fight. Fight, he fought with his heart on his sleeve. John Murray, what a fight he had there. I mean, he'll go down as one of the best British fighters never to win a world title. And I'll tell you something else about Kevin Mitchell. An incredible story this is, right? Because we used to know that Kevin liked to go out and he liked to have a little party, spend all his money in between fights because that's what he was like. You know, he had millions of mates. He would be buying them all the drinks and everything else. When Kevin Mitchell retired and he ran out of he he, he ran out of money, he had his last 1,500 quid. Do you know what he'd done with that last 1,500 quid? True story this, by the way. Go he on. walked past to a homeless person that was lying on the street and he gave the homeless person the 1,500 quid. That is a true story. Wow. That sort of explains what sort of guy Kevin Mitchell is. But yeah, that, that and that's that's not Kevin just saying that. I know for a fact that's a true story. Absolutely. Of course, we love Kev so much. And if you're listening, Kev, can't wait to see what you do with Alfie Winter. Finally, Spencer and I had a little chat after listening to what boxer promoter Ben Shalom had to say that Amir Khan had spoken to him about fighting again in spite of being bastard by Cal uh, Brook a few weeks ago in Manchester. Amir Khan is taking a beating. Bowman, Brian McIntyre in the opposite corner, the Khan corner, isn't up on the apron, but he's got the towel in his right hand. He's having a good look at this. Cal Brook pursuing Amir Khan and the referee has stopped it. Victor Oakland has stopped the fight and saved Amir Khan from himself. It needed doing. And Cal Brook has won this battle of bad blood. The longest running feud in British boxing has been settled. And it is Cal Brook who is hoisted onto the shoulders his trainer Dominic Ingle and paraded around the ring. You're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport with me, Gareth Davis, and the omen, Spencer Oliver, alongside me. What a great night we've had. Now, finally tonight, we're going to talk about the comeback of Amir Khan. We were all there on the broadcast for TalkSport with Sky Sports, with Boxer, a couple of weeks back, when Amir Khan 
we had resolution, didn't we, between mm-hmm. Amir Khan and Kel Brook. Everybody thought that Amir Khan would probably walk away. It was a battle about, yes, bragging rights, but who had what left. And there didn't seem, Spencer, to be a lot left for Amir Khan. However... The talk is from promoter Ben Shalom that Amir Khan is not happy yet to hang up the gloves. Shalom caught up with James Savundra of TalkSport earlier this week. Here's what he had to say. He wants to continue. You know, it would have been a great way to go out. He looked incredible. He was, what a performance. It was almost the best night of his life. He, he, he's still on cloud nine, but he looked in great shape and... Dominic Ingle thinks he can carry on and so he'll feel, believe he can carry on but only for the right fight on the right terms and there's a couple out there as we know but unless the terms are right Kel doesn't need it and um, he'll assess it in the, I think the next couple of weeks and whether he has one more or two more I don't know but um, look he's definitely got the appetite for it and, and why not Is that rematch with Amir Khan a, a realistic possibility do you think? I don't think so. I think Amir, one thing I've realised is he's not going to stop fighting, whether I give him the rematch or not. And that's up to him. You know, he's a fighter. He knows what happened in that fight better than any of us. And, um, yeah, he, he won't stop. I, I'm convinced from, from hearing what the camp is saying, from hearing what he's saying, he wants to he wants to continue. He feels like he got his perhaps his camp wrong and, and what went on wrong. And that's up to him. I don't think the rematch is viable right now, but he wants to continue what happens if he does trigger that rematch clause look he has to work commercially you know people might think oh Ben's in trouble here honestly we're alright it has to work commercially if and so it's not a case of him simply saying right I want the rematch no, and it and happens no 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 no. It has, to, it has to work it's a split as well it's not you know it's um, it's up to him but it's also Kel and Sky have to agree and so um yeah, we'll see. Look, he's got a couple of weeks to decide what he wants to do. And um, <laughs> it's up to him at the end of the day, but I don't think he'll be the rematch. Well, that's remarkable, really, Spencer. Um, we all walked away from that night saying Amir really needs to retire. Even Kel really needs to retire. And there's these talks for Kel now with Conor Ben, with Chris Eubank Jr. I don't agree with either of those fights, frankly. Take an easy fight. Do a homecoming in Sheffield if you're going to do it. But Amir Khan coming back. Come on, you're yeah, the fighter. Listen, 24 I, years ago, you had a brain hemorrhage fighting uh, Sergei Devakov. Um, it was life-changing for you. I mean, this is a poignant moment. Has Amir Khan, after that six-round drubbing, did we see anything left that he should really be considering going on? We see nothing that was left that he should be considering going on. You know, from the opening bell, you could see the punch resistance had gone. Speed of foot had gone. Speed of hand had gone. All the attributes that took him to the very top. Yes, he showed incredible heart and durability to hang in there for six rounds because he was getting rocked for round one, round two, round three. For me, sitting at ringside, it started to become very uncomfortable to watch because, you know, I've admired Amir's career since he was a 17-year-old kid winning silver medals in the Olympics and going on to achieve what he achieved as a, as a professional. Now, I caught up with Amir after the fight, actually. I went into the dressing room. I was going to do an interview because I was working for Boxer um, on the night. So, Mazzy's manager didn't want me to do the interview. Amir wanted to do the interview. Amir's dad wanted to do the interview but anyway it was not allowed to be done so I had a word with him and said listen Amir you know every fighter gets old mate and tonight 
was not your night. You know, you got old overnight. I said, you, you know, and I, t- I explained all the things that I just said there anyway to him. And he said to me, you know what, Spence? Yep, I, I understand that. You know, I just wanted to go out on a win. And when he said those words to me, straight away I thought, you know what, I don't think he wants to pack up. But he goes, I just wanted to go out on a win. I went, yeah, but Amir, listen, you've got a beautiful family, you've got lovely kids, life after boxing, go and put your energy somewhere else. Go and manage fighters, go and be a mentor for fighters. You know, do what you've got to do. You've got enough money in the bank to live a lovely life. Why continue now when you can clearly see that all those things that took you to the top have gone. It happens to every fighter. He's been around a long time, 35 years of age. He's been a pro like 15, 16 years or something. Time to hang up your gloves. Now, you know, I hope he's listening to this or I hope he hears this this message because, you know, I don't want to see him continue. I think what he's achieved is incredible. He went over to America, achieved what he'd done, that performance against Devin Alexander. Punch perfect, one of the best performances of his career. The way he come through against Marcus Mardana when, you know, he was rocked so badly in the 10th round, hurt so badly, showed incredible cojones to stick in there, get through and get the victory. Come on, Amir. I think, you know... When your time's up, it's up. I don't want to see him go out on a win. I think he went out on a win the way that he went out on his shield in that fight against Kelbrook and hung in there as long as he did because he was under some heavy punishment. And you're right, listen, I know better than anyone, the, you know, the, the dangers in this sport, the things that can happen in this sport. You know, and Amir's in a position now where that he's only ever going to be in those big fights. He's going to go in with those big fights, like Kelbrook, the return. Don't want to see it. You know, I just want to see him now go away, retire happily. He's give us many a memorable nights, beautiful nights. You know, winning world titles, winning world titles back. You know, the crushing defeat against Braders Prescott. We all thought then, that's it, your career's over. He went on to have an incredible career. He's had some heavy knockouts, Amir Khan. Canelo Alvarez was a really bad knockout as well. I don't want to see him continue. I yeah. like the guy. I think what he's achieved for the sport is incredible. Mm. He'll go down and he'll be remembered as one of the greatest, you know, greatest fighters that we've produced. Just leave it there. Absolutely. From Athens as a teenager, from New York to Las Vegas to Bolton, uh, all over the world uh, with Amir Khan. He's done extraordinary things. Like you say, I've known him since he was 16, 19 years. It's been an amazing career to follow. It's so difficult. You retired from boxing on very serious medical grounds. What we don't want with Amir Khan is to him to be badly beaten up again and the effects mm. to be shown in the next 15, 20 years. Sure. He's, like you say, he's got wealth beyond imagination. He's got accolades coming from all parts. Yes, the fight with Brooke was too late and he had very little left other than what you say, giant cojones, a massive heart. And he would have taken a 12-round beating there Absolutely. on the night. I remember saying on the broadcast, this really needs to be stopped because he was being pinpoint picked apart by a very vicious, spiteful Cal uh, Brook on the night. I'm not even so sure Cal Brook should carry on, but should Khan, if he triggers the rematch... Will there be enough interest in a fight with Brook again? I don't think there's no interest in the fight with Brook again because it was too one-sided. It was a one-sided beatdown, and that was the that was the sort of sad thing to watch. If I'm totally honest, because like you say, there was ten years in the making, and they've had this beef for ten years, and they went out there and they put on an incredible show, but it was a one-sided show. It was all Kel Brook, and that's and that's the problem. 
as well, Gareth, for what you were saying about Kel Brook continuing because I want to see both of these guys retire now. Kel Brook can go out on top. I think if the loss for Kel Brook, if he would have lost that fight, that would have been more damaging to Kel than it was to Amir. You know, because Kel has always lived in the shadow of Amir Khan. He wanted that victory so it bad. Took his soul, he, didn't he? Yeah, he's he taken did. his soul now, he his boxing soul. But yeah. he's done it now. What is left to prove from both guys? Nothing. You know, Kel Brook, what's he going to do? He wants. He's chasing another big fight. Yeah. But why? That, yeah. that fight, that one fight, can be one fight too many. Kelbrook now can go out on the top. Yes, he looked great, and yes, he, he still looked like he could still mix it with the big boys. But come on, this was a very below par Amir Khan. That probably made Kel look even better than the performance was, was taking nothing away from him because I think it was punch perfect. I think what Kel done was incredible. But come on, guys. Just retire now. You've got enough money in the bank. I just want to see both guys retire. I believe Kel Brook will continue, but I really hope Amir Khan doesn't. Well, one man who did walk away finally tonight after a split decision loss to Sugar Ray Leonard way back in 1987, and he said goodbye to us on Earth a year ago this week, was the marvellous one, marvellous Marvin Hagler. You and I, mm. for us both, one of our most favourite fighters a beautiful person i went to morocco with him once spent time around him after he'd retired in a, in a women's sports project for the laureus world sports academy with daly thompson and nawal el mutawakel who was the first wo muslim woman to win a gold medal at the los angeles olympics is an amazing project he was amazing to be around very kind of bearish man even in his 50s big fists big big arms fantastic character and I know you'll be lamenting the fact sure. he left us a year ago listen the reason I got into boxing the whole reason there I got go. into boxing you know I watched him as a young kid watching him 1985 April the 7th I believe it was 1985 I don't even know I remembered that against Thomas the Hitman Hearns that three round the best fight the first, best round in boxing was that first round the best fight in boxing for me was that three round fight that he had with Thomas Hearns and that, that got me into boxing and, and, and it's mad how this happened right I always remember this one I'll give you a little story about Marvin Hagler I always wanted to meet Marvin Hagler never met him obviously he was my boxing idol he's the only guy that I would like be around where I'd feel in awe of someone if I was around him I went to Michael Watson's 50th birthday party Bang, what's happening? I'm sitting next to Marvellous Marvin Hagler on the table, right? So we're all on tables of 10. Marvin Hagler's sitting next to me. I thought, I can't believe this is happening. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit in awe here because he was my boxing idol. Start speaking to Marvin and I said to him, Marvin, I've got to say, like, you know, you inspired me to become a boxer. And do you know what he turned around and said to me? Spencer, I think it's such a shame the way your career ended. You know, I followed your career. And I was like, Marvin Hagler's saying to me, Spence, I followed your career. And that... That, that will live with me forever. That's one of the proudest moments I ever had in the sport was Marvin Hagler saying that he, he remembered my boxing career and followed my, followed my recovery. You've been listening to the Fight Night podcast on TalkSport. Join us every week. We love your company. I'm Gareth Davis. Thanks for listening. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.